helping disciple makers ignite a movement locally and globally. This is the Disciple First Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Etheridge. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Disciple First Podcast. This is a podcast by disciple makers and for disciple makers. And today we're talking about women's ministry. And I'm really excited to have Jean Klugart with me. She is a graduate from James Madison University in Virginia. Uh, she went to work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes as an area director in uh, about 13, four, 13 years. And she moved to Denton in 1997. She is on the board of the women's ministry for Denton Bible Church. And uh, she is fully vested in that uh, women's ministry and is an experienced ministry, min- women's ministry leader. So, Jean, we're, I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Absolutely. Uh, Jean, uh, you and I have met several occasions. We were at a roundtable discussion uh, up in Nashville about a year ago, and then you were a featured speaker at this year's Flashpoint Conference. So I I know we've got like hearts with regard to disciple making, and I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you. Hey, let's talk a little bit about women's ministry and uh, how, in, in your mind, what is the most important thing a women's ministry should accomplish? Well, I think the Bible makes that clear in Titus 2 that disciple making is the key thing. The older women are supposed to teach the younger women some things. And even if we look at just the examples of women in Scripture, there are fewer examples of, of women in Scripture than there are of men. But you get um, the examples of women who were discipled well. I think you could make a good case that Mary was well discipled by Elizabeth. I think Hannah was discipled. Um, there are women who knew the word and knew theology, and it, it, it formed their worldview. And I think that's got to be the essential thing in, in women's ministry. I would even take it back to Jesus and his discussion with Mary and Martha when he made it clear that Mary was making the right choice and sitting at Jesus' feet, and that Martha, bless her heart, wasn't doing anything wrong in and of itself, but when she elevated that over the essential of sitting at the feet of Jesus, that's when she got in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see women, even early in Jesus' ministry, having a, a prominent role and being invested in and trained. Um, so what does that look like in, in a church setting? How, how important is it to have a women's ministry that's focused on disciple making? Well, whether you have a formal women's ministry or an informal one, I think it is essential that older women are teaching. And by older women, that I mean uh, spiritually older, not just by age, but by time of walking with the Lord. Those who have walked with him longer um, should be so enthralled with him that they can't help but teach the younger ones the things that they've learned about him. And if you want to uh, determine what's going to make a healthy church or not, it's going to be whether that's happening. Because if there's any demographic that's going to cause trouble in a church, it's going to be women. And so unless they've been well taught, um, the things of the Lord and uh, their role in passing those on to younger women, they're going to get bored and cause trouble. So the, if you want peace in the church, you got to disciple your women. Is that what you're saying? I think you'd make a really good case for that. 
<laughs> well, tell me, tell me, what does that look like in your setting? I mean, you you've invested several years in in building and in leading women. So, what help help us understand what that looks like at Denton Bible? Well, I think Denton Bible is a um, perhaps a unique church in that we have so many opportunities, and we have a pastor that, like you, is passionate about disciple making. And so um, this is the goal of our whole church is to get people involved in being disciples who will make disciples for the rest of their lives. So what it looks like in our church is there are a lot of different levels. Uh, Somebody can come in and, and Tommy likes to compare it to making moonshine, that there's a whole lot of sour mash that goes in. A lot of corn goes into the, the top of the funnel. And in that top funnel, People are coming in and they're just being taught from the pulpit. Um, getting, we'll get them involved in um, small groups that don't require a lot from them on the first level. But the goal of all these things is to get them in one of the um, different Bible studies that are going to call them to um, to a standard. First off, to a standard, and then to reproduce that standard in others. So in our church. We use 2-7, the Navigators Program, um, where that's probably the first level that we're trying to get somebody into. And in that study, they're going to be called to have quiet times on a regular basis and record those in a journal. They're going to be called to memorize scripture and recount that. They're going to be in a small group where other people can look at their life and see if it's legit or not. Um And they're going to be called to be involved in that small group for a certain amount of time that they have to actually show up. And if they prove themselves faithful in 2-7, then we've got um, some other layers that they can go into. I lead a women's discipleship training program. And so this is for um, primarily younger women, college graduates, who are preparing to uh, make disciples for the rest of their life, whether that's vocationally in the church or in a parachurch ministry, or just in their community, in their workplace, and in their family. And so we're going to pour into them hours of Bible teaching and theology. We're also going to have an intern who's already been through the program who will disciple them through that year. And then the second half of the year, we're going to call on them to go find somebody else to pour the things that we've poured into them into while they're still in the nest with us and we can help them out. If they're faithful through that, and if they want more um, before they launch out into ministry, our church has the BTCL program, the Bible Training Center for Leaders, and we'll take them through literally the material of the two-year degree from Dallas Seminary, and they can do that for free um, as long as they're faithful to be poured into. And we've got another woman on staff, Janice Seville, who's a THM from DTS who heads that up and has a group of ladies that um, will take you through a two-year program with them. And then our goal is to launch you, whether that's in our community or whether that's internationally. Uh, But we don't want you to just put on the full armor of God just to go to bed. Right. So it it sounds to me like you got a a very linear approach where a lot of people kind of come in at the beginning through worship, uh, and then there are opportunities for them to kind of start in one phase. And if they are faithful and hungry and they're growing, then they can go to a more in, 
more intense phase after that. And then again, after that, right. And then ultimately reproduce. Is that kind of the idea? Yes. One of Tom's philosophies is you never want to lose people because they're bored because they don't have a lane to run in. That's that's fast enough for them. So we'll take them as far as they want to go. Now, but the uh, expectation is that they will be faithful with that and they will pass that on to others. What obviously that system is working well for you uh, at Denton Bible. You've been doing it a long time and are one of the premier churches in, in Texas and maybe in the United States on really discipling people. Um, what is not going well? What are, what are, where are the places where women tend to get stuck? Hmm. Well, I think it's just when our flesh gets in the way, Craig. Um, and we have an enemy who's alive and well, and he's going to be trying to do anything he can to distract us, to discourage us, to sidetrack us, to disqualify us. And those things do happen. So I can give you one area just in the discipleship training program that I work with that we've had to really rethink and um, make some adjustments on. Um, you know, our culture is changing rapidly. And so our program is so intense and there is such a level of intimacy. We've had to really rethink that from the standpoint of same sex attraction. Hmm. And um, we actually brought in uh, a guy who has a ministry in this from Dallas. And I was shocked to hear that the, the largest growing demographic for same sex attraction is women in their forties who are married. Hmm. And before I heard him say that, I would have thought, that is the safest group to put a young woman right, in. Right, right. Um, so we've had to rethink how we do things and have more of a group structure um, to have two-on-two or two-on-one rather than just having everything one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I can remember Howard Hendricks at Dallas Seminary teaching us um, that the whole one-on-one phenomenon isn't necessarily a biblical phenomenon. I mean, we see it with Paul. But Jesus was with the 12, or he was with the three, and you rarely saw him one-on-one. So just uh, looking at the cultural struggles that that we really have to deal with, even in the church, has been an eye-opener for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I think it's a good uh, reminder for pastors that are listening to this that, hey, you know, um, uh, there's a reason why disciple making in groups is a healthy model. Not only do you get, not only do you get other viewpoints and other people speaking in your life, but you also have a a more insulated level of accountability, which, which is helpful for everybody. Yeah. And it, and it helps to, um, to make the point that we're calling them to follow Jesus, not calling them to follow us. Mm-hmm. And um, we want them to follow us as far as we're following him, but we ultimately want them to be dependent on him and not not let them become dependent on us in an unhealthy degree, at least. Yeah, that's a good word. So, Jean, uh, you, you're, you're very experienced in working with women, and you've seen uh, disciple-making really bring transformation to a lot of people's lives. Um, what would you say to the pastor— that is in a church and he really wants to see women being discipled in his church, but they really don't have the structures like Denton Bible, but, but he wants to get started. 
So what, how, kind of walk him through you know, what he would need to do to kind of move in that direction. Well, I would suggest that he would find a handful of godly women who already have a, a fairly decent foundation. And either he takes them through um, what he would consider to be the core competencies and the core philosophy of, of the church, um, where they know that they need to be committed to the Lord, committed to his word, committed to his people and the cause, that they have competencies in what they know, what they feel, and what they need to do. And then turn those ladies loose and have them each take five or six women that they're pouring into. But don't start it big until you've got a base that's ready to do it. And so one of the things I've heard Tommy say um, on a church scale that I think is probably the same, um, same idea for women's ministry would be start it covertly. Start it where nobody really knows that you're doing this and just take a handful of, of your prime women under your wing and prepare them and then launch them on a, 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 a small launch. Don't go public with, with it yet. But um, after those women have started pouring into five or six others, then word is going to leak out and, uh, and it's going to start catching on that, hey, there's something going on over here that we want to be part of. So I think it's better that if you um, prepare for it on the front end rather than if you do a big launch before you're ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How important is it to do um, outreach events or, you know, kind of large scale come and see type events, maybe even for the purpose of evangelism before you kind of move women into a, you know, a process of learning how to walk like Jesus. How important is that? And do you guys do that at Denton Bible? Yeah. A lot of the women's ministry events are geared towards that. They're going to have teaching for the women, but they're also going to be bait um, where women are inviting other women who may or may not be involved in the church who may or may not even know the Lord um, would be coming to that. We also have service opportunities that would fit that bill as Mm -hmm. well. Um, We've got the largest community garden in the country, and we've got an outreach ministry to the, um, I I don't want to say unemployed uh, or the homeless. It's more to the unemployed or the underemployed Mm -hmm. who just need some help. And um, that's a growing area to be able to pull the community in um, and give them a vision for what the church can do do and who the church can be. Well, uh, thank you, Gene, so much for being with us on the podcast. And maybe you're here and you've been listening uh, to Gene talk about women's ministry and you're thinking, man, I just, I just don't really know how to get started. I think she gave us some great points here, and that is start small, start covertly, uh, begin with just a handful of godly women. And, Pastor, you begin to train them in the tool and process that you want to, to rep, be replicated in your church, and then just pray that God will continue to grow that. Be thinking about uh, opportunities you can create through service and through 
uh, um, worship experiences or outreach experiences where you can draw women that are far from God, help them come to faith in Jesus, be trained by a person older in the faith in them, and empowered to reproduce in the lives of other women. And if you want uh, help in this type of thing, then you need to come to the Flashpoint Conference. We had a fantastic Flashpoint Conference in Dallas, and we're looking forward to two Flashpoint Conferences, one in Houston and one in Atlanta, coming up uh, in uh, April. So be sure and go to theflashpointconference.com for more information and to register. Thank you so much, and go make disciples. For more information on events and content, visit disciplefirst.com.